And thank you so much for joining us. We're excited for our first spooky episode. Woo. And that is definitely my phone going off. Yeah. <laughs> so my name is Cindy. My name is Gabriella. My name's Andrea. And our podcast is called Haunted in Manas. Haunted in Manas. <laughs> Why did you put you <laughs> It's like you're straight up. <laughs> anyway. We are three sisters fascinated with the paranormal, and we would love for you to join us bi-weekly as we explore haunts and share spooky tales with one another. Our show is going to consist of one research topic, one campfire-like tale, and one personal paranormal tale shared to us. So we're kind of going to talk about ourselves in a third person just because you guys don't know who we are. So I'm Cindy. Cindy lives in Alexandria, Virginia. I'm Gabriella. I'm in my mid-20s, and I actually just recently moved in with Cindy in Alexandria. Yeah. I am Andrea. <laughs> Andrea lives at home with her parents. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Andrea is also in her early 20s with uh, some fucking student loan debt, okay? <laughs> don't fucking judge <laughs> early 20s i'm the baby of the sisters so we live in the washington dc area and it's a great location for haunts and anything historical really it's not just politics here but lots of old spooky stuff um that excites us and um Really, to explain what got us into this podcast is our love for the paranormal, our love for anything history-related and old, old, Victorian, Victorian especially for me. Yes. Um, Cindy's past life was the Victorian, madam. Yeah, madam, hundred percent, a scary madam. Yes. Hence why I actually work in hotels right now. I manage a hotel and secretly I want to be a madam. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, for me, I know it started when Nana and I were younger. Who's Nana? Oh, yeah. I can't That's say her first name. Everyone. I can't say it. That is Gabriella, a.k.a. Gabby, a.k.a. Nana to her family. Mm-hmm. 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 So The mid-20s. I sister i like refuse to say her first name i'll say gabby but i still don't like it oh, so it's not sounds weird for me it's yeah. awkward i'm like hi mm-hmm. this is my sister gabby Ugh. i hate Ugh. it someone i remember in middle school someone's like oh what's your sister's name and i was like not nah. <laughs> and i was like <laughs> you're like um, oh, <laughs> i was like gabriella i can't <laughs> and so and then i told i told you I told you, Nana, you're like, you could have just called me Gabby. I was like, fuck, I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what got me into the paranormal was when we were younger, we would watch Ghost Hunters. Um, we would watch Taps spe- specifically. And then Dad would always come in and join us every Wednesday night at, what was it, 9 p.m., 10 p.m.? Probably 9. Sounds about it was right. a school night. I started out liking paranormal because of Ghost Hunters, so... Any 
goes I'm very disappointed to say very quickly i'm sorry mm. that i'm sorry <laughs> that i'm just going in there what don't you think that i had some influence as well yeah but that's where it started out for me you're like later on Cindy. yeah literally okay, fine. We you got sure. me into no, no, like a haunting <laughs> the haunted yeah any other spooky yeah. is spooky any other is spooky do you remember yes the intro? oh my god that was the shit world. every was time it came shit. on oh my god and his voice was everything also we do sissy nights and whenever we have sissy nights that is what we do we would just watch a haunting or anything paranormal yeah. and is spooky and outlander Oh, 100%. Well, y'all do that. Eh, <laughs> or, um, what's the one that you and I were really into, Andrea? Um, Downton? No, uh, Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. Oh, if Downton. you haven't seen Downton Abbey, please, please watch it. Well, for me, back in the good old days when MTV was popping still, <laughs> I was young and Cindy Lock was and playing. It. Yes. Cindy put on um, this old show. What's it called? Well, they would have, like, a group of people come into, like, haunted places, you know, and, like, one episode I remember fear. vividly is when they went to, um, what? It was called Fear. That yeah, shit MTV. Was that mm -hmm. shit was my shit. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> the episode I remember clearly was that they went to, um, what's it called? <sighs> they went to Transylvania, okay, in Romania, and they went to Dracula's Castle, Okay, not a mansion, fucking castle. And they would literally have these people in the rooms just trapped and doing like dares, I guess, right? Like you had to stay in the room for 15 minutes and some crazy shit would happen. They would hear things, they would feel things, and doors would be slamming. I remember I was like, oh my God, this shit's Yeah, for that me. shit was oh, look where I'm at I now. loved it. Oh, I'm scared. For me, I got into ghosts at a very young age. I think I was like seven ish when I started watching. Um, like history channel and then then the history channel would have like certain shows about ghosts and it was always like a ghost in a castle in the middle of fucking like i don't know the uk somewhere mm -hmm. and it was so scary and i knew at that age that i shouldn't be watching it but i just was so intrigued and then um what else did i get into Okay, yeah, so fear in high school was was big and then a haunting and the haunted. Um oh my goodness, what else was it? I just had it. Oh, oh, unsolved mysteries. Oh my god. Oh so I used to watch god, unsolved marriage yes. unsolved mysteries. The part <laughs> where they would do the unexplained, well, I knew Ooh. good shit was about to happen. It was either mm. a UFO, which I didn't like. I don't like UFOs, I'm not into it, whatever. Or, like, a ghost story. You know what I mean? Yes. So, mm -hmm. that's the shit that really got me into it. Um, and something about, like, being scared would, like, release my endorphins. And I was like, I'm into this shit. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, okay. Then I went on, like, a date in high school. And we watched um, the exorcism of... Exorcism of rose emily rose yeah that mm -hmm. shit fucked me up so i never knew anything about like 3 a.m being the witching hour so it's like the opposite time of um when jesus uh passed away it was 3 p.m right and on the third mm -hmm. day he rose again hallelujah but 
3 a.m. being the opposite time of when Jesus passed away is the witching hour. And, and um, I learned that in that movie. That movie just fucked me up. Ugh, it was so scary. I think that's what like really introduced me into demons. Speaking of demons, fucking Tango is going <laughs> crazy in a shopping bag. Sorry. Tango's her fluffy kitty cat. A fluffy he is super orange, orange and fluffy, and so cute, but he's so bad. Hey! He's Sorry. a puff puff. Cindy oh, is a mama of two. Tango, mm-hmm. the puff, and Lola. Lola, my pitbull mix, is just being a little angel, sleeping, mm-hmm. being oh. perfect. And he, I swear, if we, I wish you could see him right now. He's, like, fucking this bag up. But anyway, all that shit really got me into ghosts. Yeah. And aside from that... Um, growing up super Catholic, um, our moms, our moms, because we have so many, I'm sorry, <laughs> our mother, um, basically cracking the whip at us and letting us know that we cannot be into the ghost because that brings bad spirit into yep. our life. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell her. It's like basically wish, wishing that shit upon us. Right. I couldn't yeah, tell her but... what our podcast was about. First, no, I have to explain what a podcast is. Um. Yeah. I don't know if she got it. She just said okay. And then I couldn't tell oh, her what it was about. Oh, you actually told her? Yeah. I told her what it is. I was like... Lord have mercy. But I didn't tell her what we were talking about. Because I knew she would yeah, get she very upset. Yeah, exactly in depth what our podcast consists of. I didn't tell she her just... anything about it. I just said, oh yeah, we're just going to be talking about stuff. <laughs> She's like, oh, A good okay. old Latin Catholic mother could not have her three daughters out there having a paranormal talk <laughs> in front so of upset. like so many people she'd be very mm-hmm. upset god forbid mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. so andrea mentioned earlier how we have something called sissy nights um we have lots of inside jokes phrases amongst us and we like one of like the most famous thing not famous watch but the most popular <laughs> um, saying that we have with each other is sissy. Um, so sissy night is when we all get together and we usually order Pizza Hut stuff for us. And yes, stuff for It has to be stuffed. Mm-hmm. Usually have some wine, maybe. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. Pinot Noir. beers. Mm-hmm. A beer. Beer. Mm-hmm. Some good course life. Um, and we watch a good movie or a good show, and it's usually paranormal related. And Just... we crack up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we catch up and we have a good time. Yep. That's kind of what started this podcast, too. We have a ton of sayings, so it's kind of hard to keep track of. But if you ever hear us say something, in like a high-pitched voice, like sissy, whatever, like just know what's the saying. And I don't know, We what I guess... some things that like will come out and people may be like, ooh, what the fuck they just said? Uh, said? What the fuck they just said, young? No, <laughs> what the fuck did they just say? <laughs> that was very DC area of me. What that the was. fuck they say, young? <laughs> Your triggers came out. Um, we say a lot, Mi quiero oh, Dios. Yeah. Which is the equivalent of, like, God forbid in Spanish. But we say it in, like, kind of like a British accent or 
or like okay. a an accent of like an American person attempting to speak Spanish. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we say. We also say folk. That's folk. Oh, folk okay. show. Yeah, folk. no, like, not folk show. We don't that's what show. I say. Folk. Oh, like folk. Fol. That's just <laughs> like I still remember to this that day. That folk mm-hmm. is folk. Fol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> hated that. That was so <laughs> gross. I feel like there's so much other stuff we say. But we yeah, I can't even like think about it. It just comes out naturally. It does. If you ever hear us say something out of the ordinary, it's probably our sissy lingo. Yes, let us know what it is. We'll let you know. If you catch it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> okay, so normally our show won't start off with us bantering in the beginning. That was just so you guys could get to know us. So let's get into it. Andrea, start us off on your research story. Okay. So my research topic is the tale of Laura Schaefer, or otherwise known as the tale of the burning bride. A little background on the family. The father of Laura is Mr. Christian Schaefer. He was a highly respected man and well-known for his candy shop, which also doubled as their family home. And Laura Schaefer was the youngest daughter at 26 years old, and she was engaged to be married to a soldier named Charles Tennyson. He was very popular and known for his kind heart and manners. He, she was head over heels in love with Charles. Um, she was known not to spend much time with anyone else besides Charles. And then one night in June, after the family dinner, Laura and her grandmother were getting ready for bed since they shared a room together. And Laura grabbed a kerosene oil lamp and was walking to her father's room to grab a handkerchief. And when she was in the middle of the room, she heard the glass crack and all the oil spilled on her. She threw down the lamp and so the flames ignited a fire on her clothes, on her body. So Laura is freaking out and this was before the stop, drop and roll was a thing. So she runs out of the room and runs down the stairs, meanwhile screaming and literally burning because she couldn't take her clothes off since she had, you know, back in the days, ladies wore multiple layers. So she had a hoop skirt and a corset. So she's running down the stairs. She's woken up the whole house with her screams and her mother is running down the stairs after her and her brother-in-law, who was married to her older sister, was actually sitting outside and he heard the screams from outside the store. He ran in and he saw Laura running down the stairs completely engulfed in flames. Like flames are way over her head at this point. So he took off his jacket and wrapped it around Laura and put out the flames. Meanwhile, upstairs, the grandmother was across the hall from the father's room. So as Laura ran out, she went into the father's room and put out the flames with a blanket. And it's speculated that, you know, this could have saved Laura's life had she not left the room because the the grandmother could have put the flames out. Even though the flames were put out, Laura still has third degree burns all over her body. So they called for the doctor, Dr. Lewis. He came, but there was nothing they could do since medicine wasn't advanced to help her at that time. So they had to kind of leave her be. And uh, the Dr. Lewis said her burns were the consistency of a crisp. 
And so she didn't have any medicine for her pain. And this was like around 7 30, 8 o'clock at night. And she died the next morning at 11 a.m. So that entire time, she just had to wait it out until her. Oh, God. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. So mm. she, she, she was just. Her last hours of her life were in pain, unfortunately, but her fiancé, Charles, was with her the whole time, comforting her. So Charles is obviously heartbroken at this point, at the loss of his love, and he calls for a friend, Henry Green, to come, Henry Green to come over, and they both decide to go to the bar down the street. It was known as the liquor store Downham and Green. There, Henry gave his good friend Charles a drink. And then Henry turned around to clean out the cup that Charles had finished. He heard a gunshot. And so, surprised, he turned back around and saw that Charles was lying on the floor and he had shot himself in the head. That is not the end of it, though. Charles didn't die right away, unfortunately. The bullet had torn through the cavity of his skull and lodged upon the opposite side of his head. So they called for a surgeon, but again, Kind of like Laura, the medicine wasn't advanced enough at this time to do anything for him. So they took him back to his father's home. And he died at 3.20 p.m., only four hours after Laura's death. Oh, wow. Yep. It's, it's also kind of known as the Romeo and Juliet tragic story. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was like, mm-hmm. oh. So since oh. then, uh, the home has turned into a business, obviously, and many businesses have occupied the Schaefer home. And currently, a gelato shop is there. But it seems the spirits of Laura and Charles have yet to leave. Many people have experienced paranormal activity, and it's said that Laura is a very friendly ghost, and she greets the business owners and paranormal investigators with a gentle hello. But Charles, on the other hand, has been identified as an overwhelming spirit in the basement. Uh, many mm. females in particular do not like going in the basement and when they go down there they can feel the presence of a man and one of the business owners claims that she was told enough and leave while alone in the townhouse and according to past employees merchandise displays were partially knocked down by the displeased spirit people have felt cold gusts of air on the staircase that laura flew down as she burned and a lantern within the house has been known to sway when someone mentions Laura's death. Children who supposedly encounter Laura's spirit more often than adults have described seeing a woman weeping in a wedding dress on the property, while adults often sense an unfulfilled longing and claustrophobia. But the most common report is the faint smell of something burning. So they can smell Laura burning as she runs through the house for help. Ew. Terrible. Yep. It's horrible. What do you think it smells like? Mm. I don't even know. Like full. Like burnt hair and whatever burning flesh smells like. You <laughs> said burnt hair. When Cindy tries to fly in her hair. When oh, she tries to blow dry it. and fly in her hair. <laughs> came in my mind. Mm-hmm. Just to be her pussy oh, hair yep. being burnt. Good times. Before I invested in a good flower. <laughs> but also, I found the original newspaper the day after Laura and Charles's death. 
So in the Alexandria Gazette. Oh, that's so Gazette. cool. We found it. Mm-hmm. So a article June, from the 1800s. Yes, June 29th, 1868. That's cool. I will be posting it on our social media. So all you listeners. <laughs> I was going to I immediately my head was. <laughs> all you ladies. Puppy, like. <laughs> to stop myself from saying it <laughs> anyway all you listeners can, can click the link in our social media pages on instagram facebook everywhere else that we put it on and check out the original newspaper cindy <laughs> stop stuck in my head too i appreciate oh that it was that you thought of that <laughs> expected like umbrella to think that she's ratchet but not you yeah. <laughs> anyway i don't even know what uh, we were saying um we were saying all you <laughs> okay so i have a couple questions mm-hmm. did the when the doctor said it was the, it was the consistency of crisp did he go into like crisp what? Like crispy bacon? Crispy Girl, whatever crisp means in eighteen sixty eight. I don't what? know. I'm assuming it's like it was a consistency of crisp. Of a crisp, crisp. What? Of a crisp. What is a crisp? See, when he's when she said crisp, I just thought of bacon, like crispy bacon. Yeah, like <laughs> no, any... I know, but like it was like it was the consistency of a crisp. <laughs> like what the fuck is a crisp? <laughs> I'm assuming, like, when something's crisp, it's, like, burnt up and shit. Uh, Cindy, just imagine, goddamn, have you not seen shows in which someone has burned? No, I understand, but, like, I just didn't get that. I, under- I understand what crisp skin oh. appears like, right? But I didn't, I didn't get that statement. Also, I don't like how they're judging the grandmother, you know, Grabbing a blanket and going no, to no one judged the, the grandmother. Room. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Oh, they were she saying could have saved her. Like if no, she Laura could have been saved if she hadn't ran out of the room. Her grandmother oh. could have saved her potentially. Like if Laura, in her panic state, didn't run out. I mean, a little anxious. You know, I get yeah. it. She's like, I mean, she didn't help the situation. She's like running around the place, and the oxygen right. is like exactly you know, making yeah. the fire. And like igniting the fire yeah mm-hmm. i get so. it and she was young she was how old was she 26 26 mm-hmm. oh, she wasn't that young <laughs> she's like no spring chicken <laughs> should have known a little better i mean she stop, was... drop, and roll wasn't a thing so yeah i get it well she also was like known for her great beauty and so the town was pretty upset to hear about both her and charles's death because they were like a match made in heaven, I guess. Um, but they were just known for being such good people, especially Charles and the Schaefer family, especially the father 
was well liked by everyone because of his business and their demeanor so it was like a very great shock to the town and they were let me tell you that gelato store or shop whatever gelato shop that's there now is amazing i want to try it it's so good yes next sexy night next sissy night we have to go so my friends they threw me a haunted bar crawl for my birthday in old town alexandria and that was one of the spots on the tour and the tour guide um first of all the tour guide was fucking hilarious he had like a colonial um military uniform on with like a fucking wig and his wig was like busted was like falling off the majority of the time and he was like <laughs> fucked up like i think like the entire like, like drunk he history. kept buying him shots and shit and he got fucked up and he had like a, so in the beginning he had like a british accent he was like so in 1847 this was whatever by the time at, like at the end of it he had like a fucking jersey accent he was like yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> he was like hammered anyway that was one of the um stops on the haunted tour and the townhouse is not that big, but the gelato store is like pretty popular and it's a Victorian, like it's beautiful. It's old town. I love it. Um, but he said that some people can still see like flames, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. on the windows and it's like, oh, it's her, you know, spirit when she was running around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a residual haunting, right. um, which means basically this, you know, a period of time that keeps repeating itself and it's like a tragedy um with so with her like running around the house like get the shit off of me get this fucking fire um out whatever that was like you know why the flames keep appearing in the windows and it's sad it is Um, very sad and i feel bad for her because she's a bride yeah and a lot of stories have twisted it so they say oh it was the night before her wedding dress she was trying on her wedding dress or it was so a day of how, her wedding and and yeah, people he, were like, the, yeah. So the tour, I, I read the tour online um, and I almost, I almost commented like y'all were wrong actually, but okay. I was going to be a full on like Karen about it, but that's because I have respect for the dead. So I didn't want her story to get any more skewed, but yeah, a lot of people like just twisted a story to say that it was the night before her wedding and she was trying on the dress or it was the day of her wedding. And so... I made sure, like, I'm very happy I found the 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 newspaper. The, and... the night before her wedding. Right, but it wasn't. It was just a night, a random night in June. It wasn't the day before her wedding, just to clear that up, if anyone. My God, could have also been very drunk at that point, too. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so sad. Mm-hmm. My yeah. poor old town bride. Because I'm going to be an old town Alexandria bride, so I feel. I want to do that ghost tour so I can just correct the tourists and be like, I'm actually. Charles killed himself the morning of her death four hours later, oh. not four days oh my God. later. Oh, oh damn. And I'd be like, okay, sit down. <laughs> it's like, okay. Drink. Anyway. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, here, put this wig on if you want to talk. Right. I'm pretty sure I did have his wig on at the end of the night. Ew, Cindy, that's gross. <laughs> this is pre-COVID, okay? Um, the lice What's is still birthday? a thing. I hope you know that. Whatever. He looked clean enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Anyway, I think it's time that we move on to Nana's story. 
All right. Yes, I have my story, and it's a very spooky story, guys. Like, holy so shit! So excited. I know you're gonna love this one. Okay. So, it has taken me a long time to come to terms with what happened in my house in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I am finally ready to share. To give a little background, my family and I moved to Tennessee in 1995 from Mexico. We moved to a very old ranch-style home in Knox County and did not realize that this home would be the site of some of the most terrifying experiences I've ever experienced. I am convinced that many occurrences have been suppressed in my mind, but I want to share with you the, mo the memories I do remember. My hand is shaking as I type this out as these experiences haunt me to this day and are not easy to talk about. The activities in my house first began with the usual paranormal stuff you hear about, such as missing items, misplaced slash moved belongings, strange creaky noises around the house, and much more. It wasn't until we decided to add a room to the home about four to five months in, and that shit really began to hit the fan. I began to experience unusual things a few times a week to almost every single night thereafter. To give some perspective as to the layout of the home upon entering, the living room is the first thing you see. To the left is a small hallway leading to the parents' home. To the right of the living room is a very long and narrow hallway that leads to a guest room, then the room my brother and I shared for a short while. The hall ends with a bathroom and the entryway to the kitchen and extra room directly across my brother and I's room. Essentially, my room was on the complete opposite end of the house from my parents' room. Anyways, now that the picture is set, I will describe several of my experiences. While my brother and I slept in the same room, I would experience nightly terrors in which I would see someone standing at my doorway. It would never move, but the only way to describe it it was a tall, shadowy figure with a noticeably long, white, string-like hair. It would watch me several times a week, and I would feel so terrified that all I would be able to do is cover my head with my blanket and pray it would go away. I told my parents that I had seen it after the first night, but they merely chalked it up as me having a bad nightmare. Typical. Typical. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, oh yeah, it's scary, but... <laughs> Eventually, it got to a point where I began to sleep on my side with a blanket over my head with a small opening for me to look through. This continued for two years until my brother got his own room. That is when things really took a turn for the worse. I remember sleeping at night and seeing the same shadowy figure standing at my doorway. Feeling just as terrified as the previous time seeing it, I did the usual go-to and covered my face with my blanket hoping it would be gone. This time was different. Upon uncovering my head once again, I saw that it had gone, and with a sigh of relief, I turned onto my back. This was not a good move. Once I turned onto my back, I saw the same figure was now floating over my bed on the ceiling. Mind you, I was on the top bunk, so you can imagine how close it was now. The only way I can accurately describe it is that it looked like a tall gray alien figure. The second I saw it, I covered my face once again and felt absolutely petrified with fear. I then felt the figure lay on top of me as I lay frozen on my back. Oh, I remember no. hearing I know. <laughs> I remember hearing it breathe on me and how cold its breath felt. 
I remember the earthy smell from its mouth as it was breathing inches from my face, the only barrier being my blanket. It felt like hours passed, frozen in terror and feeling completely helpless. This was something that began to happen almost every night and it only happened to me. Maybe because I was the youngest. Throughout my time living in the house, things progressively got worse. I would be lying in my bed reading a book with all the lights on when I would begin to hear scratching under my bed. I would peek under and be overcome with the same paralysis I would feel at night and the feeling of the figure lying on top of me. I would feel it pull me off the bed and onto the floor in the middle of my room and stare into my soul as I kept my eyes closed in sheer terror. My mom would later recount several times in which she would walk into my room and see me lying in the middle of the room on my back. She would ask me what I'm doing to which I would essentially snap out of it and tell her I was fine, too scared to talk about what had happened. I remember if I slept on my chest, I would feel like a force would pick me up two to three feet by my shirt and drop me back onto my bed. This happened so often but to this day, I am reluctant to sleep on my chest, not because I'm afraid I'll be picked up, because something in my subconscious mind tells me that it is not a good position to be in. My parents would tell me that I just had nightmares all the time, but they did not realize this nightmare was something that I experienced every night. Years later, having endured this every night, I began to see an additional apparition in my home. I began to see a young boy in a long stretch of narrow hallway that my bedroom was situated in. I would see him peeking out of different rooms at me while I was in the hallway, only to disappear out of sight. That would be the extent of my interaction with him, but I would see him often only during the daytime. The apparition did not appear to be malicious, unlike the other figure that tormented me at night. He gave me the impression that he was merely an observer, which was comforting in a way, that this ghost did not want to mess with me, unlike the, the creeper entity. Over a decade later, now living in Atlanta, I decided to look up the address on Google Maps to show a friend and notice that the home was now the site of a home business. Upon seeing that, I decided that I would reach out to them out of curiosity and see if they had any similar experiences. The business would later reply saying that they had never had more electronic issues in the home than anywhere they had ever been and that strange things occurred frequently. He told me that his wife and kids complained about seeing a little boy wandering around the hallway and were scared to live in the home. The man also described seeing a tall shadow occasionally when he was working in his office, which actually turned out to be my old bedroom. He told me he always felt like he was being watched and felt generally uneasy in that room in particular. What is strange about this is that I had not described any of my experiences prior to him telling me this yet our stories appeared to line up. I showed my parents the message thread I had with this business, and it was then that they confirmed that they believed the house was haunted. They didn't want to say anything that would scare me even more and tried to hide it, worried I would have more nightmares. My mother said that she would see the same little boy wandering around the kitchen and hallway, and she always felt that feeling of being watched when no one was home but her. Neither of them had seen the tall figure, and it seemed it was focused on me. The experiences I had in that home are permanently burned into my mind, and I will never forget that tall, white-haired figure that constantly picked me up, laid on me, and pulled me around, terrifying me to the core. 
I do not plan on ever returning to that home, and I pray to no one who has the misfortune of living there experiences what I did on a nightly basis for six fucking years. I've always been curious about deep hypnosis and what it may reveal to me, but I am equally terrified to remember events that my own mind deemed too traumatic to keep in my conscious mind. Guys, I can't, I don't know how this guy survived for that long and his family. The fact that his his parents, I would feel terrible. I would too. I was about to say, like, the fact that his parents knew but didn't say anything and, like, lied about it, I understand that they they were coming from a good place, but I feel like that probably hurt him more than did good you know i don't think that you should lie to your kids about that especially like all the shows and movies that we've watched it's never Mm -hmm. it's never good when the parents don't believe them same thing with like significant others yeah even like i don't think that they they did not believe him i think it's even worse that they knew he was you know telling the truth in some form and they decided to to ignore it yeah oh yeah absolutely i feel like as a parent like me personally i would just tell my son or daughter like you know like i'm experience it or i believe you you know like i would acknowledge the fact like you're not going crazy i'll probably move out the fuck <laughs> i mean there's I always mean, if you can yeah sage it holy water yeah but what can you do when you're that young and your parents are like claim that they don't believe you it's not like you No, i'm call... talking in, in reference to the parents you oh, know, oh yeah, their yeah perspective like as a parent i would yeah yeah sage that place up right Ugh, it sucks the amount of shows that we've watched and like everyone is stuck because they can't afford to move it's horrible yeah it's mm-hmm. so sad that's what i'm scared I mean, of that's why i don't want to buy an old house or i want to look into the history of the house before i buy it because that shit is scary Regardless of a home, like regard regardless if a home is haunted or not, old or not, you should always sage it and have That's positive true. vibes for it. That's true. Charge your crystals. <laughs> Bring your holy right. water. Okay, Cindy, your turn. Okay, so this section is extra personal because it's actually my story and my experience in a spiritually active home. So I currently live in a house that was built in 1953 and my fiance and I moved into the home in October of 2018. And shortly after moving in, I would hear footsteps sometimes at night, sometimes during the day, but mostly when Chris was sleeping, my fiance, and I was awake and I could hear footsteps above our our bedroom, which is the attic and the spare bedroom. And what I would hear is footsteps upstairs. And then one time I heard footsteps going down the stairs and walking all the way up to <gasps> our door. <gasps> no, I never knew that. Yeah. Oh my so God. I thought I told you this. Yeah. I thought I would. I think I would cry. Oh yeah. But the thing is, it wasn't like you know step step. It was like creaking. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It Ew, wasn't I like one hundred percent like you know when you wear heels. Like if someone were tiptoeing. Definitely. It, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like some. Like yeah. That's so and gross. So, mm-hmm. so I felt like you know my heart like 
like going a mile a minute and it felt like it was going to go out of my chest, but I like couldn't move, you know, cause I was so scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, uh, shook Chris and I'm like, listen, you know, I'm hearing some things and he's like, Oh, it's probably a rat in the attic. I'm like, first of all, that shit doesn't make it better. <laughs> That's fucking terrifying. <laughs> Why the fuck are there rats in the attic? What do you uh, mean? Christopher. He probably like, what are you talking about? He probably saw I was like, uh, Oh, let me not tell Cindy about this because I can already see her reaction. Well, yes. So um I somehow you know, I started praying. I was just like, God, please, you know, whatever is here, if there is a presence, you know, please don't let it hurt us, so on and so forth. And then, like, many times, usually when I pray, unfortunately, like, I fall asleep in the middle of praying. <laughs> and so there would be times, I can't tell you how many times, like, we would hear noises, but, like, mm, a handful of times. And um, he did tell me later that he would hear it when I, while I was sleeping, too. So, like, he wouldn't wake me up, but he would hear stuff. And he just figured it was just, like, the house settling. And he knew there was, like, old pipes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't freak himself out. And he definitely didn't want to freak me out. Yeah. But I was pretty rational. I was like, okay, this is, like, you know, my mind playing tricks on me. And, you know, this is an older house. This is a, a move. So, yeah. So the scariest thing that happened um, was when... I really got into listening to paranormal podcasts and there was one podcast I was listening to right before bedtime and it, and I had plugged my cell phone into charge and put it on the nightstand next to me. And you know, when you're listening to something or like, you know, like playing a podcast or like listening to music, you can still see like the play. The, little the pause play and play button, button yeah. Pause exactly on the screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how that's how I had it. So I go to bed, and then we wake up in the middle of the night, and the podcast it didn't just go off; it was loud as shit, like scary fucking loud. Like I did not listen to it that fucking uh-huh. loud, like full volume. Yeah, full volume loud. <laughs> And then, and the, the people were talking about demons. It was a uh, demon episode. Oh my god! I so it went off in the middle of the fucking night, super loud as shit. And it was they were talking about demons. And it was actually one of the I, you know, like I just click, I just touched the the screen, and it and it went off. But after that, I was like, fuck that. Um, like I got out of it. I don't. I'm pretty sure I like turned it off because the, you know how I have a. a personal phone cell phone and a, and a work cell phone yeah um i'm pretty sure i did turn it off and i was like fuck that and just use like my other cell phone to to put my alarm on uh. um and i did flip it over too i remember but yeah that was absolutely terrifying like i don't know how that could have happened that was before we had pets so not sure that's scary yeah anyway so again we moved in october 2018 so my birthday, the following month, we went out into Old Town, uh, a bunch of my friends through a birthday bar crawl, a haunted birthday bar crawl in Old Town. And his mom came along and the night we were all pretty drunk. I mean, it was a haunted bar crawl. 
and his mom had just come came back she just came back from san francisco visiting his sister and they saw a famous psychic out there and so she's like ha ha well guess what (laughs) (laughs) the psychic was like hey um your son just bought a home and he has friendly spirits in the house Mm -hmm. i'm like uh okay (laughs) yeah she's probably like so excited yeah um (laughs) She's like, yeah, he said that you have to give them something to do so they can stay active. And Chris was like, what do you mean? Like, tell them to do the dishes? Like, I don't understand. And I'm like, he would. tell me, don't tell me, tell me some more, please. And she's like, yeah, um, they have, you know, they're, they're there, they're friendly, you know, I have to give them something to do. And Chris actually found out about this a couple of days prior to that but he didn't want to tell me because he didn't want me scared <laughs> which is pretty smart of him mm-hmm. um but the next day after my hangover um wore off chris went out and i had the opportunity to stage the house so again it was around my birthday so i actually had just gone to, out to happy hour with um some friends and each one of them gave me something for the house and one gave me like a crystal, the other one gave me an evil eye pendant, and then I also received holy water from another friend. So I went around the house with the sage and feather, and I'm like, you know, on- only positive energy is welcomed in this house. This is a house of God. You don't have to leave, but you do if you're negative, basically. And then also went around and sprayed holy water everywhere. I put the crystal and the pendant over my main door frame and of like the main door of the house. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just prayed for, for peace and harmony in the house. And I never experienced anything after that. Guys, make sure to follow us on social media. Our Instagram is Haunted Hermanas Podcast. Our Facebook is Haunted Hermanas Podcast. And our email address, guess what? It's <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com. Please make sure to forward us all your spooky tales so they can have a chance to be read out loud here by us. It's really important for us to receive ratings and reviews, especially as mm-hmm. we are starting out we would appreciate all feedback and all the love but be nice okay Por we're, favor. we're still humans not ghosts we ain't ghosts we're just babies still okay anyway but also, everyone not. shut up everyone shut up and just do what they want okay. but hold on i'm a i'm taking control here this is my yeah. podcast now <laughs> <It's on laughs> okay baby i'm okay with that i am the captain <laughs> yes I'm the captain here. <laughs> I'm gonna pee my pants. <laughs> Hurry up! I gotta pee. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that's a thing. Okay. Well, that's a sissy lingo. I caught it. Oh, uh, you ladies pop your pussy like this. <laughs> that's how we end. Bye. Tune in next Bye. time. Bye. Bye.